Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! The My One Two Three Cent Stride Pro Wrestling Action Figure Drive is underway right now. For five years, we have collected new wrestling action figures and wrestling-related toys to donate to Toys for Tots. Children in five southern Illinois counties will receive these toys on Christmas morning. The deadline to donate is Saturday, December 10th at Hostel Holiday in Carterville. You can also make a donation by reaching out to Kevin Huntsperger via the Stride Pro Wrestling Facebook page or the My123Cents Facebook page. Thanks for donating and Merry Christmas. Hey friends, welcome to episode 419 of the My123Cents podcast, which this is the part where I normally say uh, we're counting down to episode 420 and my request to get Rob Van Dam on the show, but I am happy to report that that has happened. The episode has been recorded. It is in the can. And Rob Van Dam will, in fact, be the guest for episode 420. I'm very excited about it. He and I spent about 40 minutes talking uh, on the night before Thanksgiving and uh, was able to track him down, not track him down, but able to secure the interview. Uh, We had a couple of hiccups, but I'll talk more about that on next week's episode. But again, episode 420 coming up one week from today on on Monday, December 5th, and uh, that's also the eight-year anniversary for the My One Two Three Cents podcast. So thank you for everyone who has listened consistently, or if you're a new listener, thank you for joining in and and uh, listening and, and being a part of the episodes. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this before noon on Monday, there is still a few hours left to purchase a Stride Pro Wrestling or a My One Two Three Cents t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com slash My One Two Three Cents. The Black Friday sale is in effect until noon central time uh, on Monday, uh, November 28th, I think, 27th, 28th. I think it's the 28th. Um, and so uh, if you are able to do that, I encourage you to do so. And of course, uh, ThighHuggers.com and collar and elbow brand when you shop on those sites and they have sales going on as well uh, use promo code my one two three cents and you will save on each purchase and of course it's a great way to support indie wrestling stride pro wrestling my one two three cents all that good stuff and one final re- not final reminder but one more reminder about the uh, my one two three cents stride pro wrestling action figure drive whether you are able to drop off things at our show on december 10th in carterville or if you Venmo or send a check, I'm, I'm going to go shopping on Sunday, December 11th to buy all of the uh, figures because I have gotten actually quite a bit 
uh, and cash donations for this. And then uh, we'll be dropping all of that off on Monday, December 12th to the Carbondale uh, Toys for Tots campaign, which helps kids in five Southern Illinois counties. So let's make a difference in the lives of kids this holiday season. And uh, today, you know, next week, of course, we're talking to Rob Van Dam about cannabis and CBD and, and marijuana and, and all that good stuff. And we talk about that as well as, as some of his wrestling career and, and all kinds of good stuff. So, again, stick around for that. I'll be dropping some clips on YouTube as we get closer to the interview as well. Because uh, luckily I was able to do that via Zoom. But today it is Wrestling Under the Influence. We're talking about the old arena uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. If you are in or from or have ever been to St. Louis, you know the rich history of the arena there with the St. Louis Blues specifically. But I'm tying this into a WWE, WWF experience that I had at that building back in 1984. It was December of 84. Uh, my Christmas present that year, one of them was a my very first wrestling show to see the WWF. My dad, Michael Huntsberger, he's been on here before. He's joining me this week. Dad, what's up? Nothing. So good old Sunday morning. Yes, we are recording this Sunday. Uh, not too early, so it is an acceptable drinking time to be uh, having a beer. But this came from Center Ice Brewery, which I've, I've reviewed some of their beers before. It's a St. Louis-based uh, brewer, and this was bought at the Beer Sauce Shop in Sunset Hills, Missouri. My parents are my uh, beer mules, if you will. When when uh, they come down, they usually swing by Beer Sauce Shop and bring me some stuff. Uh, artwork on this can is pretty amazing. It's you know a silhouette of the old arena and the blues colors of, of blue and gold. Do you remember? What do you remember of the arena? I, I just have a couple. I, I know that... Back in the day, Uncle Dan had taken me to uh, a blues game when I was in fifth grade, around the same time that we went to this WWF show. Um, I'm pretty sure that was still at the arena because they eventually moved everything to the Keel Center. But what do you remember of the of the arena? Did you go to shows there? I went to, when I was a teenager, we used to collect uh, money for St. Jude. And then every year they would have a concert, a rock concert there. And so we would get to go to these rock concerts for free. Oh, wow. That was, that was the payoff for uh, collecting money for St. Jude. So I can remember a couple of the concerts. Then I've been to, like you said, some of the wrestling matches there. Did when you guys, because I kind of came late into my fandom at my with my family, my dad and my brother uh, and my uncle, uh, and then another uncle and, and co- some cousins would go to the shows all the time. Now, this was back before WWF, I think, was making regular, or at least they weren't going to WWF shows back then. Were those at the Keel or were those at the arena? Do you remember? Most of them were at Keel. At the Keel, yeah. That's what I thought, because I don't know why. Eventually, at some point, they switched, and obviously, they ended up closing the arena eventually. But uh, that first show that I went to, uh, you know, in December of 84, um, we we had floor seats. We had really good seats. I I remember we were able to run up and and go to the to the aisle when the wrestlers would come out and that whole experience. How did that compare? Because like I said, you went to they were non WWF shows at the time. But do you remember any difference in how? Because when we went to the Keel eventually later, we always sat so up we, a bit we, higher. We sat up. We usually sat up in the balcony because sometimes it wasn't too safe to <laughs> sit on the lower level. Yeah. And uh, 
we never get, we never had a chance to you know like go up to the ring or interact with the wrestlers. Yeah. And so did you go to any wrestling shows when you were a kid? I know we talked a little bit about wrestling at the Chase on the last time you were on the podcast, but I don't remember us talking about you going to any I never shows. I really didn't go to any of the we watched wrestling at the Chase on Saturday nights and mm-hmm. that was about we never went there, but we watched it almost every Saturday night. Yeah. And then did you ever go to any Blues games at the arena? Do you remember? I think I went to one. I wasn't a big... I mean, I followed them, but like you said earlier, uh, my brother Dan, he, he used to go a lot. He kind of had like season tickets. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going with him at least a couple of times when he was, was living with us and we would go. Uh, that was a big deal, too. Again, I think I was in fifth grade because I remember we went on a school night, and that was a big deal, being out that late on a school night and still had to get up and, and go to school the next day. But uh, when we went uh, again to that WWF show, mm-hmm. it was over Christmas break. It was a couple of days after Christmas, uh, headlined by Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake. Uh, and Bret Hart, fun fact, was in the opener and wrestled Johnny Valiant, luscious Johnny V, the manager of all people, to a time limit draw. So uh, an interesting show, to say the very least. Rowdy Roddy Piper, Junkyard Dog, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, uh, the Briscoe Brothers, Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis. You know, all of all of the ones that we saw on TV, and I think that was the, you know, back in that time, that was the whole point of the TV shows was to draw that arena business because you weren't seeing the matches that you see today on Raw or AEW Dynamite. You weren't getting those quote-unquote high-level matches, especially even back when it was Raw and, and Nitro in the Monday Night War in the, in the late 90s. Um, so it was that arena business is where you got to see the payoffs to those feuds. So it was Junkyard Dog wrestling against Rowdy Roddy Piper, and it was Bob Orton against Jimmy Snuka, and it was Hulk Hogan and, and Brutus Beefcake, where we weren't getting those kinds of matches on TV. And again, it was a much more limited schedule. Now wrestling's on every night of the week and you can stream it and watch it on uh, any streaming service uh, at any time so it has evolved and changed a lot let's pop open this old arena lager and again this is center ice brewing go ahead and pour mine into a glass and it's pouring very nicely it's got that gold color to it a little bit of amber as well it looks like it's Looking pretty good. Now, Dad has cracked his can open as well. He's going to just drink from the can. I poured it into the glass. So this is a pint. Um, you know what? I said uh, I said St. Louis. It looks like actually Center Ice is located in St. Genevieve, Missouri, which... Oh, wait. There, it looks like there might be two locations. Brewed by Center Ice in St. Genevieve, Missouri, but uh, it looks like their main location is uh, on Olive Street in St. Louis. So... Uh, but it says smooth, refreshing, crisp. Alcohol by volume is 5.3. And it is a very, yeah, it's got a nice amberish color to it. it. Kind of a golden, I suppose. I'm not great with my color schemes. And smell it. It smells like your typical lager, so nothing, nothing overwhelming or surprising there. Let's take a sip here and see how it is. Yeah. This is a, you know, it's a very... Um, safe beer. If you if you are someone that doesn't drink a lot of craft beer, or you don't like, you know, I uh, I introduced my dad not too very maybe a few years ago to more craft beers, and he drinks a little bit more than he typically does. But 
think if he goes out, he's usually a blue moon or a Bud Light guy, but he's he's opening up, and I know some of our family friends that he goes out and drinks with, you, you explore other things. Have you right. found anything that you uh, have grown to or uh, enjoy outside of your comfort zone? I like more of a wheat beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's see, I'm not much into the darker beers. Yeah, and this is, I mean, what do you think of this? I mean, it's a pretty like safe the, beer. I like this beer. I, fi- I Yeah, when I saw it, I figured you would like this and it would be something that you'd find a little safety in. in I would drinking. drink it again. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it, it is uh, one of those beers that I could see sitting down and, and enjoying it while watching uh, the Blues player or your favorite wrestling show or, or watching... Some kind of sporting event, but it is a it is a safe bet uh, for sure, uh, you know. Because as we have all seen in the in the beer world, you know there are sours, there are IPAs, there are bitter, you know, more bitter beers, there are fruity beers, there are dark beers, there are heavy beers, there are light beers. So I would definitely put this one in that in that safe zone to uh, get out and explore and and try to drink. Um, do you remember much when we when we went to that show uh, back? In the day, uh, in 1984. I can remember that was the closest I have ever sat mm-hmm. to the ring. And I really enjoyed you and your friends being able to run up to the ring and, you know, and talk to the wrestlers and interact with them. And you could actually stand right next to the ring mm-hmm. and watch it. And people were, you know, I think the crowd that went to the arena and the WWF were not as rowdy as the people who went to the Kiel shows. Mm. Do you think, because thinking back on it now, you know, as, you know, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan now for 40 plus years, I feel like, you know, WWF, WWE back in the time, in the day was catering to kids and families. Whereas those shows that would roll through, you know, with, with wrestling at the chase and, I don't know that it it was as kid friendly or kid focused. So, were you seeing when you went to those early shows at the Keel when when it was um, probably sanctioned through the NWA? Uh, you know, back in in that time, right. it, fans were more. Uh, I, I think that wrestling was presented more as a a real wrestling, wrestling. or you know, real fighting situation versus. The kind of the cartoonish flair that right. that the WWF was having. Do you did you kind of find that with some of those shows? Maybe yes, because a lot of the times the only uh, kid we would have was my other son Jason, mm-hmm. and I used to take him a lot. And most of the time they were adults, and you had Dick the Bruiser and yeah, and it wasn't you know there was blood and all that, but. It wasn't as theoretical as it is now. Oh yeah, you know the you know those WWF shows. I can remember going to those back in the day, and I think everyone that we ever went to uh, as kids was headlined by Hulk Hogan, who you know of course was the biggest star at the time. But um, yeah, I think there is something to be said about the the presentation and then the audience. And I I didn't really until we were sitting here talking about it. I didn't really think about the. The difference of of why maybe you know 
again, those NWA fans uh, were were watching it, and you know, you had Dick the Bruiser mm-hmm. and Bruiser Brody mm-hmm. and Ric Flair and Ted DiBiase and those guys coming through, and it, it seemed a bit more uh, quote unquote real versus kind of the presentation. And in, in '84, in late '84, when we went, it wasn't quite as you know, we didn't have. Uh, Jake the Snake coming out with the snake or the Coco Beware coming out with the bird, but it was definitely trending toward a child presentation, you know, with the Junkyard Dog. And I remember my brother, <clears throat> his claim to fame after that show was when we were all up kind of mobbing as the wrestlers were coming through, he was able to actually reach through and touch Hulk Hogan as he as he was heading toward the ring. So that was a, a big deal uh, back in that time. And it's, you know, I I think back to... Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake, and obviously they have uh, beef become friends and, and you know, well-known behind-the-scenes friends, and then they had their split up and all that good stuff, but kind of that first appearance of Brutus Beefcake when he came in as just, you know, basically a, a, a male dancer versus what he eventually became with, with the barber, and again, it's kind of that uh, changing, if you will, the softening of the product and, and targeting it more toward kids. And did you think, like, when you were watching Wrestling at the Chase, and I know it went off the air, I think, in, like, 83 or 84, versus in comparing that to what they were doing with World Class, which was something that you had kind of introduced me to. And, you know, WWF, I feel like on Sunday mornings we would have Tarzan was on, and then it was... Uh, I think WWF Superstars or World Class and then WWF, I don't remember the order that it was on, but I can remember watching, you know, flipping the channels, you know, with the old turning of the the, the knob, if you will, to, to get to the next to a wrestling show. But did you, did you have a preference one over the other or what, you know, because obviously you're in your 30s at this time and, and you're seeing the WWF shows, but it's obviously uh, more with kids in mind, I think. Well, I like watching, and then they started showing some of the, from like Texas and uh-huh. some of the different uh, other locations, and you got to watch different wrestlers, and so I kind of, you know, I kind of liked it back then, and then I think, you know, everybody believed it was a lot more real mm-hmm. back then, because they, you know, they would be blood, and... Do you know, do you remember, like... I can remember watching that special on uh, ABC, the 2020 special that John Stossel got slapped by Dr. D. David Schultz and Schultz eventually got fired for it. But (laughs) I remember watching that and I remember asking you, is it real? And, you know, and you uh, we talked about it, but I like did you know going early on with Jason that these were predetermined? You know, I don't like saying fake because they are getting in there and they are actually you know, in some cases, they're they are getting hurt and they are doing actual things to each other to hurt each other. So, it predetermined. Did you know it was predetermined back at those times or no? <clears throat> I thought I honestly thought you know they were they were real, mm-hmm. and because I mean, especially when they were the blood was coming out, yeah, and, and you could you know, I thought it was real for the longest time. Well, the blood was definitely real. Um, I, I know sometimes people think and, and they think that it's blood capsules or ketchup packs or, or whatever it is, but uh, it, it is real. I've been in the ring 
you know, or around the ring enough times to see when it when something goes awry, uh, when they don't mean to actually have someone bleed, what what happens there. So, well, did you ever think back in you know eighty four, eighty five, eighty six when we were going as a family to watch that you would one day come in and watch me getting in there and getting my ass kicked around the ring? No, we never thought that would happen. <laughs> and let me tell you, his mother was very concerned. <laughs> I was a little, yeah. I was, I, I was more nervous for you guys watching, especially the the first time that, uh, you know, my first match against Mike Masters. Um, they weren't here for that one, but when I wrestled the second time with against Roger Mathis in the cage, um, not only did they come, but some some friends from our family from when I grew up came, and they brought their granddaughter and stuff, and so I felt a lot more pressure doing that because I wasn't sure how. Or what was going to happen because, you know, I'm in there with a 300-pound Roger Mathis who may or may not want to, you know, make it look more real than it is. Uh, and you're inside the cage. So uh, I was nervous for my parents watching, but obviously everything went fine and, uh, you know, nothing went wrong. And, and I, I've seen some video from when Tyler and I were wrestling and, and won the tag team titles and I can hear my mom uh, in the background on those phone, on, on that phone video. So, uh, it, it is, it is, you know, 99.9% safe, you know, when I'm in there and everybody takes care of each other. And especially I think goes an extra step to take care of me. Cause I, you know, am a nearly 50 year old ring announcer who <laughs> is getting in there for a shot at uh, a little glory. So, uh, but overall, you know, I, and I know you don't watch wrestling or you don't watch it like like we used to, obviously. And then when they brought, when they had Brooke in there, oh, yeah. her, her her grandmother really, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin had to, Kevin had to warn us and tell us about it. And then all of our friends seen the video and they were all pretty shocked because they don't, you know, they don't know as much as we do about it. <laughs> so they actually thought that this, uh, he, he heard her and all that. It, well, yeah, because I remember, because I, I had smartened you guys up and I had told my wife's parents as well what was going to be happening uh, in, in the coming days and that I would be posting about it and talking about it on Facebook. And I, I've, you know, and I, I texted my mom after it was over and said, everything is fine. I'm going to be posting on Facebook and, and saying things, but everything is fine. And... My mother-in-law had forgotten about this and she kind of freaked out and had called and, and was concerned about Brooke. And, but it was all, you know, again, it's that safety and, and, and taking care of each other and whatnot. And, and I know, you know, old school fans don't like hearing about this kind of stuff and hearing about, you know, the, uh, the inside scoop and others, you know, kind of eat this stuff up. So, uh, but yeah, it was all it was all good. It was all fun, and and you know who knows what twenty twenty three is going to bring. I know uh, plans are underway for for Strideiversary. Some big things may be coming uh, down the pike for Stride. So stay tuned for that as well. I'm excited, and and again, I encourage you and remind you if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Leave a review, screenshot it, send it my way. Uh, I'm on all uh, the social media platforms along with my one two three cents. So. Uh, check that out. If you like hearing the beer reviews, 
follow my TikTok. Uh, again, parents came down for Thanksgiving this week and brought, uh, what, 10 different uh, Christmas-themed beers. So my beer advent calendar this year is is uh, almost halfway supported by my parents bringing down some beers from, from the beer sauce shop, and, and we'll be uh, doing a review of those uh, each day in the month of December. For the most part, I'm, I, I am going to be gone for a chunk of December, so I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do in that uh, little absence. But uh, again, Dad, what do you think? This beer, this uh, uh, old arena old. lager, we like it. Yeah, we like it. Like I said earlier, I would, I would drink it again. Definitely. We uh, would definitely endorse uh, the Center Ice Brewery, the old arena. They've got some good brews, and uh, definitely check them out. Check out the Beer Sauce Shop in Sunset Hills, Missouri. They have other locations in the St. Louis area, and I'm excited, too. I don't think I told you this. They're building one in Cape Girardeau, so... Oh, that'll be good. Yeah, Cape is about an hour away, so uh, I, I'll be able to jet over there every once in a while and, and get some uh, updated brews in the new year as well, so... Pops, anything else you want to say before we wrap up this week's episode? No, it was just a fun time being here. I agree with that. Uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Have a great week, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.